of KPFK Los Angeles, Pacifica Radio, this is Poets Cafe. Our guest is an author, poet, performer, musician, educator, and playwright. She's been referred to as the first lady of American Indian poetry who has long been a voice for the indigenous people. She's the author of 10 books of poetry and a memoir, Crazy Brave. A critically acclaimed poet, her many honors include a Guggenheim Fellowship, the Josephine Miles Poetry Award, the William Carlos Williams Award, and the American Indian Distinguished Achievement in the Arts Award. As a Muscogee Creek poet, she is the first ever native to win the prestigious Wallace Stevens Award from the Academy of American Poets, which bestows the honor annually to recognize outstanding and proven mastery in the art of poetry. Welcome to Poets Cafe, Poet Joy Harjo. Rabbit is up to tricks. In a world long before this one, there was enough for everyone until somebody got out of line. We heard it was Rabbit fooling around with clay in the wind. Everybody was tired of his tricks and no one would play with him. He was lonely in this world. So Rabbit thought to make a person. And when he blew into the mouth of that crude figure to see what would happen, the clay man stood up. Rabbit showed the clay man how to steal a chicken. The clay man obeyed. Then Rabbit showed him how to steal corn. The clay man obeyed. Then he showed him how to steal someone else's wife, and that clay man obeyed. The rabbit felt important and powerful. The clay man felt important and powerful and once that clay man started he could not stop once he took that chicken he wanted all the chickens once he took that corn he wanted all the corn once he took that wife well he wanted all the wives he was insatiable then he had a taste of gold and he wanted all the gold then it was land and anything else he saw his wanting only made him want more soon it was countries then it was trade the wanting infected the earth we lost track of the purpose and reason for life. We began to forget our songs. We forgot our stories. We could no longer see or hear our ancestors or talk with each other across the kitchen table. Forests were being mowed down all over the world, and Rabbit had no place to play. Rabbit's trick had backfired. Rabbit tried to call the clay man back, but when the clay man wouldn't listen, Rabbit realized he'd made a clay man with no ears. Welcome. Thank you for joining us today, Joy. Oh, it's nice to be here. 
Wow, what a great opening poem. Um, We're really living this now, the clay man and with no ears. But of course, there's been a long history of tyranny of the Western world and throughout the world, really, with greed and exploitation. Uh, As we know, cultural and environmental resources. um, I've been thinking a lot about uh, Standing Rock and how what occurred there feels so much larger, really, than the space it inhabited. Well, it is larger. In a way, it's kind of a, it's a, a showdown. The big question being, are we going to really, truly everyone understand that water is a being and has everything to do with our future, our children, great-grandchildren, grandchildren, our relationship to water, to the land, to each other. Are we respectful or are we not? has everything to do with the future of everyone, not just people at Standing Rock, not just that particular scenario. It's a it's an inflamed point or place because it is a showdown for, I would say, the Western world. Right. But it's for um, colonization, mm-hmm. uh, the 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 greedy monster to decide. Okay, will we change directions? Will we honor water? Will we um, look for other sources of energy? Everyone was watching. One of my right. one of my favorite stories is when I heard of the different animals coming down to visit the people mm. because they saw that uh, these people were, you know, water protectors. The bison came down, didn't they? The bison and eagle came mm-hmm. over and landed and spoke of the people for a while. Mm-hmm. It was. It was very moving. Um, yes, and it's still there. Right. You know, they can move the camp, they can destroy, they can uh, arrest or do what they're going to do, but that's not, the question still remains. And um, The question remains. It, yeah. Right. I'm just concerned. I mean, this this was all part of prophecy. A lot of us were hearing these prophecies in the 60s, actually, in the 70s. I heard them in the early 70s. But the prophecies have been uh, told for a long time. If we go past this point, it's the destruction point. Right. It's. I mean, it's truly alarming. I think Standing Rock, on so many levels, brought us to the lens of an indigenous worldview. It's an awakening. Mm-hmm. And I've been pondering what can we do to keep our focus on protecting our resources and supporting the movement. I think, too, in acknowledging that the history of this country, which we always say it's Indian country, uh, we don't say Native American, most of us. I mean, it's become, of course, uh, the ubiquitous name for for Natives, but we're over 500 different tribal nations. We're as different as Parisians are from uh, the Romans. You know, we're very, Mm -hmm. very different cultures, languages, and so on, but we were the original keepers of these lands. And the destruction was wholesale, you know, massacres, land. They're still, you know, dealing with land theft. But, you know, I just saw, posted about a case in Kauai with Zuckerberg, uh, just basically fenced off all of these Native Hawaiians from their <gasps> homelands. Oh, God. Because, yes, yeah, because he says, well, he bought the land and he owns it, but he can't, he can't own their, their, their different properties all through that land. 
So it goes on. Right. But this this whole, all of this, stand, you know, what's happening at Standing Rock, what's happening in the White House, all of it goes back to the origin story, everything. You know, all of our, we all have origin stories and even personal origin stories, but you look back for clues and this country was founded on violence and the great irony was immigrants, you know, it was that. There's jokes, you know, we, that we had a bad immigration policy, but, you know, for freedom, you know, and people came here, and good people. I mean, I think that some people sometimes close their ears like rabbit or right. their eyes. They don't want to see what's going on, or they're desperate. And then instead of acting out of kindness in return or gratitude or working with people, it, you know, it, it didn't happen that way. And And the example I always use is, what if Africa... Think about it this way. You know, we think of Africa as full of Africans, but what if Africa was one half of 1% of Africans? And that gives you a sense of, you know, really what we face here. And it's and so then it becomes, you know, what happens to an American consciousness when uh, the story, the root, so the root story is disappeared, where Indigenous peoples do not have a place at the table, and usually we do not have a place in the discussion. We're, we're usually left out totally. I just saw a list of, what is it, 25 best women of color writers you should read. Most of those lists do not have natives. I mean, this is just a, it's a shame for the lack of awareness, but um, poets like you have long been uh, a voice in in the world of Native American poets. Um, and we have, you know, other poets that are coming in, uh, Sherman Alexie, I mean, he's fantastic. We need to be more conscious of that and actively engaging with Native American poets to make them more a part of uh, the literary world and, and recognition, and especially now, because of what it's bringing to the world and how we're gaining an awareness more and more of a connection with the environment, not the corporate world, of course, but those who are concerned citizens and care very much about our connection with the world and our resources and all the lessons that we can learn from the Native American people. Yeah, there are many poets. I mean, I'm, I'm certainly, I'm one of many, many, right. many, and I can, uh, there are several young poets Two of them just had books come out lately, Long Soldier with Whereas, uh, mm-hmm. Joan Kane with a book from University of Pittsburgh Press. Um, there's Sherwin Bitsui, Santi Fraser. There's so many young, younger poets coming out. And years ago in the 90s, I put out, a, along with Gloria Bird and, and uh, two other editors, an anthology of Native women's writing. And we had so many so many poets we had to cut back we were forced to cut back and people had no idea you know we had 50 60 native women poets i wasn't even including the men wow. and yet you know most people have no idea but yes you were right, right that standing rock has certainly raised a sort of consciousness yeah Absolutely. But it, it's important, too. I mean, every human being, not just the writers, not just Native, but every human being has a responsibility towards the land that feeds them and takes care of them. Yes. Yeah. And I, you know, I think 
poetry is such a, a vital way of entering that awareness as well uh, as you articulate so beautifully in your most recent book, Conflict Resolution for Holy Beings. That's out on Norton now. And I wonder if we could get back to it uh, for just a moment and hear spirit walking in okay. the tundra. Yes, I've been to Alaska many times. I love that's one. I love it way up north. And mm-hmm. I was, this poem takes place in Nome, Alaska. I'm flying in, and then I have friends there and stay with a friend and her son who was just in from college in Juneau. So it's called Spirit Walking in the Tundra. Mm-hmm. All the way to Nome, I trace the shadow of the plane as it walks over turquoise lakes made by late spring breakup of the Bering Sea. The plane is so heavy with cargo load, it vibrates our bones, like the pressure made by light cracking ice. Below, I see pockets of marrow where seabirds nest. Mothers are so protective, they will die of humans. I walk from the tarmac and am met by an old friend. We drive to the launching place and see walrus hunters set out toward the sea. We swing to the summer camps where seal hangs on drying frames. She takes me home. I watch her son play video games on break from the university. This is what it feels like, says her son, as we walk up tundra toward a herd of musk ox. When you spirit walk, there is a shaking, and then you are in mystery. Little purple flowers come up from the permafrost. A newborn musk ox staggers around its mother's legs. I smell the approach of someone with clean thoughts. She is wearing designs like flowers and a fur of ice. She carries a basket and digging implements. Her smell is sweet like blossoms coming up through the snow. The spirit of the tundra stands with us, and we collect sunlight together. We are refreshed by small winds. We do not need history and books to tell us who we are or where we come from, I remind him. Up here, we are near the opening in the earth's head the place where the spirit leaves and returns. Up here, the edge between life and death is thinner than dried animal bladder. Beautiful. Thank you. If you're just tuning in, this is host Lois P. Jones, and we're here with our wonderful guest, Joy Harjo. She's reading from Conflict Resolution for Holy Beings. Uh, Joy, that line, this is what it feels like, says her son, as we walk up tundra, there's a shaking, and then you are in mystery. Would you compare writing poetry to this shaking within the mystery? Probably, because what is the source of creativity? Mm -hmm. You know, it does come from that, I think, from the spirit realm. And we're inspired, of course, and the word inspire has to do with breath and... uh, right and breathing, and that connection to spirit. And But we're inspired by the natural world, you know, by what's around us. Mm-hmm. But I think the impetus in that creative, uh, the ability or to create something you've not heard or seen or yeah. felt before really comes from those, that other realm. What's miraculous uh, for me in this book, you know, despite all the disturbing division in the world, and you do speak to that, uh, you also see the beauty, and the book is about that too, and of course the 
pivotal poem, uh, The Fulcrum, which is called Conflict Resolution for Holy Beings, um, speaks to that as well. And what is the argument for beauty? Um, can we be activists without forgetting our need for aesthetic connection, you know? Well, what good is any revolution without beauty? <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, 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 I agree. I mean, what, what point? I mean, what really, you know, to put yet another failed government of humans into power, <laughs> you know, another, <laughs> we are in need. You know, I had I have a song that I did for that. I haven't, I haven't done that in a while, and it was a poem called The Real Revolution is Love. Mm. And um, and I real I truly believe that. Yeah, just like now, what you know, when you see evil, you cannot partake in it. It will eat you up. You know, it will it can suck you in and take you with it. It's true. So yeah. the question that I ask and and um, I'm asking is how do we 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 need to take care of each other in the midst of this. We need to shield our children. Mm-hmm. They're all our children from. Uh, from the evil, even as we create places, you know, whether they're places in poems, in our homes, with, you know, make our homes safe homes for our neighbors who um, are immigrants or, you know, gay or, right. you know, yes, I mean, it really has to start there. Just in recently you know, in Los Angeles, I was reading about uh, someone who posted on Facebook, family right next to them got taken away. Their kids, well, the parents, their kids were still in school. And they just wow. took the parents. So it's it's scary. You know, it's out there. It's happening. Um, What's amazing is how quickly it has been lock-stepped into place with no right. built-in checks and balances has failed. It's true. I mean, thank goodness for the uh, circuit court judge that stepped in and um, the ACLU, you know, that's uh, working, but on the ground level, we have to keep moving forward on that, whatever we can do. It's it's hard to always know because there are so many areas, you know, that we need to safeguard. But um, I Well, in our history, we had Andrew Jackson defied court orders to for the start off the Trail of Tears and to take all of our lands in the east. Right. There was a court order against that. He didn't. He didn't adhere to it. So, so I don't trust that. I was happy to see that, like everyone else. Yeah. It was like, oh well, maybe there's a possibility. Yeah, but just like the story you told of the family in L.A., that's mm-hmm. going on everywhere. There. So we've got to figure out a way to uh, turn it around. And because of the suppression of the press, of course, too. You know, it's more mm-hmm. difficult. These things leak out and. Um, there's so much extraneous news out there. You don't know what's true and what's not. So locking in on these personal stories is even more important. Can I take you back to the book one more time? Perhaps we okay. can hear in Mystic. Okay. Yes, I wrote this poem. I was in. I love Mystic, Connecticut, but uh-huh. all over this country. There's there's Native history, Native stories. And, uh, you know, our names are everywhere, and I was shocked at this story. I was wondering, I asked a question about the people, the original people, and um, this is what I heard. In Mystic, 
My path is across a burning trees, lit by crows carrying fire in their beaks. I ask the guardians of these lands for permission to enter. I'm a visitor to this history. No one remembers to ask anymore, they answer. What do I expect in this New England seaport town near the birthplace of democracy, where I am a ghost? Even a casino can't make an Indian real. Or should I say native or savage or demon? And with what trade language? I am trading a backwards look for jeopardy. I agree with the ancient European maps. There are monsters beyond imagination that troll the waters. The Puritans determined ships did fall off the edge of the world. I am happy to smell the sea, walk the narrow streets of shops and restaurants, and delight in the company of friends, trees, and small winds. I would rather not speak with history, but history came to me. It was dark before daybreak when the fire sparked. The men left on a hunt from the Pequot village here where I stand. The women and children left behind were set afire. I do not want to know this, but my gut knows the language of bloodshed. Over 600 were killed to establish a home for God's people, crowed the Puritan leaders in their Sunday sermons. And then history was gone in a betrayal of smoke. There is still burning, though we live in a democracy erected over the burial ground. This was given to me to speak. Every poem is an effort at ceremony. I ask for a way in. Mm, so powerful. If you're just tuning in, this is host Lois P. Jones, and we're here with our wonderful guest, Joy Harjo. She's reading from Conflict Resolution for Holy Beings. Every poem is an effort at ceremony. I mean, there's so many lines that could be jumping off points for an entire book, um, but so powerful. Uh, the poem says what it says, and I want to ask you about your way, the way in which you enter poetry uh, through sound. As an educator, how do you teach this way, and how can a poet know the path is true? You know, a lot of us want to access our family stories in an authentic way. Every poem is different. Okay. And that's what I've told my students. I said, if you learn anything else from me in whatever class, is that it's important for you to be you. Mm. And then you learn that every book, every poem, every creation is different, has its own story. So... You know, sometimes, like this poem, I revised heavily. Mm -hmm. And uh, most of them I do revise quite a bit. Some of them come with less revision. But, you know, it's it's a process. It's a back-and-forth kind of process. Sometimes I'm listening to something and the poem is evoked or an image or a line. Uh, often it's rhythm-related. Mm -hmm. I know when I write music that often I start with the rhythm track first. Not always. Um, oh, wow. Sometimes I have a melody mm -hmm. that I work with, with Equinox. I think it was more, it was, Equinox is more of a melody, my song Equinox, mm -hmm. which is also a poem in here. Going Home, another song of mine was more, you know, rhythm-oriented. Right. So they're all different. And writing about, in Mystic was a difficult poem to write because I think like a lot of us, to, to speak about violence, mm -hmm. I mean... I realize now, just reading it, 
is that it's kind of like the origin story of this country is in here. And it's hard to write. It's Sometimes it's so difficult to read history, to ponder it, to be in it, to recall those stories. And then as I read this, I realized these places are all over this country. Right. And so important. I mean, it's always important, but at this time to understand uh, the history, the violence in our history, and to try and move away from that. I think your book speaks so eloquently to the peaceful movement, uh, to the way not only articulating the destruction, but also ways in which we can move toward uh, resolution within ourselves and within our communities. It's important to keep moving towards, you can call it beauty, you can call it illumination, you can call it compassion, you can call it understanding, Mm -hmm. and to keep moving without destroying yourself with revenge or or destroying yourself in other ways or impeding your path by other kinds of destruction. Sometimes that's the hardest thing. Yes, that's true. We're running out of time, and I wonder if you want to take us out with a short poem. I don't know if you want to sing something or whatever you feel like doing. I love the Sunrise Healing Song, you know, whatever you feel like. I could try that one. Okay. Shining persons arrive here. Ayakalani, open your being. Ayakachari. In every small thought of what to fix, in every immense thought of dancers winding through the Milky Way, a yucky lifestyle, what obscures, falls away, a yucky hushy. Beautiful. Thank you so much for being on our show, Joy. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, Lois. This is host Lois P. Jones, and our guest has been Joy Harjo. Huge thanks to our producer, Marlene Bond. Look for us on the Poets Cafe fan page on Facebook. You've been listening to Poets Cafe on Pacifica Radio for all of Southern California and beyond. I must keep from breaking into the story by force. If I do, I will find a war club in my hand and the smoke of green